What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James, and before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. The air ducts are quiet and shadowy. A flip lighter opens, sparks, and lights up a small area as John McClane ponders his next move. Come to the toy factory. Put on these comically large hands. We'll have a few laughs. Ugh, John mutters as he crawls his way to an open spot in the vent. Dropping down, John finds a large door to the main warehouse of the factory. As he reaches for the handle, though, the door slowly opens in front of him. It is then that the giant monster, Huggy Wuggy, stalks into view. John laughs, shakes his head, and rears his shotgun. Yippee-ki-yay, you giant smurf! He shouts as Huggy Wuggy lurches forward, ready to squeeze the life out of his next victim. It's Experiment 1006 versus the Cowboy. It's Long Arms versus New York Charm. It's Huggy Wuggy versus John McClane in the Battle of the Vents. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Race to Canis. Shocktober continues with another scary and insanely off-the-wall episode. In one corner, you have 80s action film icon John McLean from the Die Hard franchise versus a relative newcomer to geek culture zeitgeist, the terrifying Huggy Wuggy. As usual, I did the patent who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and not only did this matchup not appear in the search, but I also got a cryptic warning from Google stating that I'm starting to push boundaries. <laughs> uh, I get it. I, I should stick with safe searches. That's fine. I'm this close to breaking the internet, evidently. So yet again, The Hoodwin Show brings you a premier geek culture matchup. Ray, really interested in this one. What do you think about today's matchup? I'm always a fan whenever we can bring in video game characters. This is not an unknown thing to the show. I've been pitching Huggy Wuggy all year because my five-year-old is terrified of him because I'll explain why in a little bit. He is a terrifying character from a double-A, very short, horror video game available on Steam right now for $5 called Poppy Playtime. Everyone should go play it, but when it comes down to Shocktober, we need scary characters. I've been pitching Huggy Wuggy. This thing came together, and when it came time for uh, an opponent, well, you got to take another guy who does a lot of battling in air vents. John McClane, this just makes sense when you break it down. You know, I love this matchup. It's off the wall, but just like last week's matchup, it actually makes a lot of sense. Now, by the mm -hmm. way, speaking about last week, Ray, you know there's been some controversy online. Uh, our, our fan base, a legion of audience, 
there there was some turmoil. I'm just going to leave it at that. There was some turmoil. A lot of people reached There's out to me. There's always whining when I win a battle, James. Always whining when Ray wins. I'm just used to it. Here's the thing. Your name wasn't actually brought up in the whining this week. I believe a lot of people were not too crazy about last episode's uh, judge's decision. Now, here's the deal. Go back and listen to that episode one more time. Tell us what you think and see if the decision made sense, didn't make sense, whatever it was. Here's the deal. I actually didn't agree with the decision. I made that point very, very clearly. And I felt, Ray, you actually debated brilliantly. I did a great job. And we need to kind of make sure all of our points are brought in. So I'm a man of action. So there's a Hoodwin production team meeting today. Ray, I'm sure you heard about it. Don't worry about it. I didn't scare anyone too bad. I was so upset. I busted through the door. Everyone's like, what the heck's going on? And I said, listen, if you know what's good for you, you're going to take the name on this piece of paper that I hand you. You will find this person wherever they are. You'll make it happen, and you will set everything right with the Who Would Win show once more. Of course, I got that beautiful email today saying, James, we made it happen. He's here. So without further ado, let's introduce today's guest judge. Wait, who's here? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. This is going to be insane. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. Uh It's the internet's most intelligent man. Oh, yeah, Ray, you know what's going on. It's host of the PlayStation Experience podcast and also the host of the Delvin Cox experience. You'll never guess who it is. Uh, oh, that's right. It's the one. It's the only. It's the man himself. It's Delvin Cox. Delvin, welcome back to Who Would Win. You know, it was really weird when the guys just busted my house off making a sandwich and just put a, a bag over my head and just brought me to this show. So, But <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Ray, you're here too. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Delvin. <laughs> Delvin. 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 That's uh, that's just what we call the Tuesday. And, yes. uh, you know, thanks for, for making it happen. Now, Delvin, before we kind of get into everything, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you've been up to. I've been up to a lot lately. Um, Delvin Cox Experience is going strong. We're working on the Halloween episode as we speak. That's going to be really cool. I'm also, I just finished recording lines for Justice League Mortal, where I play Greenland and Jon Stewart, and it's kind of an all-star cast of great people, and someone else on this show is playing a pretty big character. I have no idea what you're talking about whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> both great projects both great projects not jealous at all now listen um ray is batman that's what's going on so delvin yes. now y- you were judge of the year last season and there's a reason for that and i'm going to ask you a very obvious question you know when someone comes on the show a show like the who would win show where ray as crazy as he is pours his heart and soul in preparing for the character he's repping then there's me who might read an article here and there but still comes with some preparation. Actually, I do a ton of research. It's crazy. As a judge, what is the ultimate responsibility that you have to make sure the right decision is made? The ultimate responsibility is being fair. Just kind of hearing both sides of it, kind of seeping through what makes sense and what doesn't. Being fair to both sides, even though it's hard sometimes with Ray being here. And just kind of listen to Let me know when that starts (laughs) happening, Delvin Cox. (laughs) It's just kind of like, um, just, Paying attention to the arguments and kind of like making sure one, you have a good time, and two, you kind of just come to a good conclusion to each battle. Because it's, it's, it's fun to have these discussions, but at the same time, Who Would Win is the premier show. And it's the one when a battle happens on Who Would Win, it gives you a definitive winner and loser. So these matchups matter in terms of that. Love it. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. You know, Delvin, you've given both Ray and myself both wins and losses. 
I remember one loss you gave me. I was actually arguing to you about it on the show. Going, like, what? How dare you? But the, what was really impressive, by the way, you stood your ground and you said, no, based off the facts, based off what was presented, I don't, I'm sorry you disagree, James, but this is how it's going to be. I got to tell you, I really respected you for that. Um, hated the fact Ray won, but I respected that you stuck to your guns. That's what I'm talking about. The only question I have left for you is, do you die a little bit on the inside when you have to give Ray the win? Every time. Yeah. Every time a little piece of my soul just goes away. How dare you. <laughs> Ray Stacanus, listen, I- I'm not going to take Huggy Wuggy lightly, just to let you know. That is a Good. terrifying monster Holy with a shit. lot of power. Yeah, this is not, you listen, I'm not the best video game aficionado. I'm not going to deny that. But um, yeah, I'm taking this one very, very seriously. Let's have some fun for the second matchup in Shocktober. With that being said, Ray, do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Mob Games, the monster with more teeth than the combined total found in all of Alabama. Huggy Wuggy. And representing Action Cinema, the hero cop who savors his victories because he's experienced agony of defeat. John McClain. Ray, how many teeth are in in Alabama at any one time? Uh, one fewer than Huggy Wuggy. That's fair. All right. <laughs> well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each of will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match, the random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, is there any other version of Huggy Wuggy that you could represent other than the game version? Yes, I'll be using the NFT version of Huggy Wuggy to know. I will. That was that was a separate deal. I'll be using yep. the video game version of Huggy Wuggy. There's not a lot there, but what is there is golden. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, this is gonna sound funny. Everyone may know this or may not know this. There's a comic book version, evidently, of John McClane. Uh, that's a prequel to the Die Hard series. Um, I don't know if it's canon or not, so I'm gonna stick only with the actual films within the Die Hard franchise to rep John McClane. Probably smart. I. I think so, right? Rule yeah. number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long as part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but we'd be given less weight. Listen, I'm not going to lean on the Marvel, uh, you know, diehard crossover event uh, where John McClane got you know, the Thanos, you know, Infinity Stones, what have you. I'm sticking just with diehard. It's going to be good. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store to get your very own Hoodwin merchandise and accessories. Go to hoodwinstore.com, get your hands on some amazing and absolutely incredible Hoodwin merch right now. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, 
you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Speaking of now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Huggy Wuggy. Huggy Wuggy is an 18-foot-tall blue monster who stalks an abandoned toy factory. He first appeared in the video game Poppy Playtime in 2021 and was created by Mob Games. Poppy Playtime is a horror video game that burst onto the scene in October of last year to fanfare and acclaim. In this game, the hero, player, you, breaks into a Playtime Co. toy factory that's been abandoned for 10 years after you received a letter from missing factory staff who hadn't been heard from since the factory closed. It is here that the player ultimately meets the big blue Huggy Wuggy who chases him through a series of vents before ultimately the player escapes his clutches. Fun fact, despite being a game intended for teenagers or above, Huggy Wuggy has made a huge splash over the past year in elementary schools, where young kids show each other videos of the character to scare each other. This created a moral panic in parents who insisted inappropriate videos of the character were available on TikTok. They weren't. The character sang scary songs in the game. He doesn't. And that their kids had trouble sleeping after seeing videos of him. I can confirm that one firsthand 
That one is true. What's truly wild is how fast slender blue huggy wuggy toys made it into every toy vendor's stash seemingly overnight. If you were not aware of the character until now, I guarantee you're going to start seeing him everywhere you go from this moment forward, because I sure do. And that is Huggy Wuggy. Huggy Wuggy is a character that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Correct. He is, uh, he is disturbing. He is a disturbing character. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know if everywhere in the country has this, but here in Los Angeles, there are people in like the parks and in the malls and they have like these tents set up and then they have like toys and they sell like, you know, snacks and toys and stuff. And they're just littered with Huggy Wuggy toys. Every single one of them has like a dozen of them on display. So once you're aware, you're going to see him everywhere you go. So disturbing. By the way, my, my theory is that Huggy Wuggy is actually just the body of Grover with a different head. That could huh, very well be true. I'm just, you know, because I was bored once when my wife was shopping and I saw exactly what you're talking about, Ray, and I had to occupy my mind. All right, here are the details for John McClane. John McClane, portrayed by Bruce Willis, was created by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza and first appeared in the iconic action film Die Hard back in 1986. The ultimate action hero cop and seasoned New York City detective, John McClane's first big adventure unfolded one Christmas when he was trapped inside a Los Angeles skyscraper under the occupation of a gang of not no good European criminals. I don't know why that's just so funny to me. European criminals. <laughs> Couldn't just be criminals, right? European criminals. They had to die. After saving the day, John would go on to battle bad guys on several more occasions, usually spouting one-liners and causing extreme amounts of property damage in the process, sometimes even warranted property damage. Usually not. And here's an interesting fact about John McClane. Did you know that Bruce Willis was not the first choice to play the character? It's true. The production team had a number of different actors for the role of John McClane. Originally, Clint Eastwood wanted to take a stab at it, but then decided not to. What? Rumor has it. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, it gets better. Boy. Rumor has it that Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, Nick Nolte, Mel Boy. Gibson, Richard Gere, Don Johnson, Burt Reynolds, and even Richard Dean Anderson, yes, MacGyver himself, were all considered for the role of John McClane and all declined it. But the one person, the one actor who was considered for the role who would have just absolutely nailed it, would have absolutely killed it, especially the physical aspects of the action hero, was none other than Frank Sinatra. Yes, Frank Sinatra was considered for the role. What? Yes, Frank Sinatra Stop was considered it. for the role. I'm not kidding. For the role, despite the fact that he was 73 or something like that at the time, and I, for one, think he would have been fantastic. Can you imagine that scene where he goes off that you know, bungee cord fire hose and smashes through the window barefoot at 73? Held to the yes. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I'm speechless. I'm just excited that somewhere out there in the multiverse, if you're into multiverse hopping and you can get a copy of, of Burt Reynolds in Die Hard and bring it back to this multiverse, I would give you 20 bucks. I would love to see that. Burt Reynolds over Frank Sinatra. That's who you chose. Uh, I'll be honest. It Frank Sinatra makes a different movie. Burt Reynolds makes a, a different kind of different movie, and it would have been it would have been something. Burt Reynolds with or without the mustache. It's not, if he doesn't have the mustache, is he even Burt Reynolds? No. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Delvin, do you have any questions before we get started? 90% of those choices were terrible. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> I agree. That was I, uh, awful. 
<laughs> awful. I'm still, I agree. I'm still sold on Frank Sinatra. I totally agree with you, Delvin Cox. That's why you're a genius. All right, let's get this party started. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Huggy Wuggy. Here we go. We're just going to start by talking about the size and strength disparity between these two characters. Now, the things I know about John McClane, Bruce Willis is, I don't know, an appropriate six foot tall. Probably it's Hollywood, so he's shorter than that because everyone in Hollywood's shorter than you think, except for uh, Brian Posehn, oddly enough. He's bigger than you think. That's how life works. Anyway, I'm getting off track. He's a normal-sized guy. Huggy Wuggy is between 17 and 18 feet tall, depending on which resource that you look at. When you see him in the game, he is gigantic. You have to look straight up just in order to kind of just see his face. He is big. When he's walking towards you, it is menacing. And the fact that he's 18 feet tall means that he's also colossally strong. He's, he's some sort of like toy soul hybrid monster, and he's got monster strength. So what does that mean? It means that he can rip doors off of their hinges. It means he can smash through kind of like uh, metal planks and walls and get to other places that he needs to go. I mean, his whole deal is that they were trying to put a certain AI in the toys in order to sell them, in order to give you more lifelong companions and toys. That's how they, these people at uh, uh, Playtime Co. thought they were going to make their fortune. So they ended up getting involved, of course, in human experiments. <laughs> it's always the way it goes. I mean, at first Umbrella Corporation, now these guys, you know, please. And what they ended up doing was they ended up essentially transmitting a human soul, brain. It's a little bit nebulous, but they ended up putting it inside the body of this 18-foot-tall huggy-wuggy creature with the idea being that if they could do this, if they could replicate it, that they could create these toys that would like, you know, be alive and be fun to play with. And you wouldn't need friends anymore. Uh, profit. That's basically how it works. Well, he's intelligent. You know, that's the other thing about it. He's not just big. He's not just strong, but he has a certain human intelligence. So his whole deal being a huggy wuggy toy is that he has very, very long arms that can stretch out further when he needs them to. And they are also colossally strong. And what he does is he's going to reach out from a distance He's going to grab you and hug you to death. He will hug you with the strength of a monster until you stop moving. That's how Huggy Wuggy kills people. But he also kills people with his teeth. I alluded to it earlier. Huggy Wuggy has rows and rows of teeth, not just animal teeth, but mixed in with that are human teeth to kind of show that he's some weird, uh, upsetting hybrid. And he has row after row of teeth like a shark. And when he actually grabs you, he also has a tendency to bite down and tear you to pieces with his teeth as well. But he's not just big. He's not just strong. He's not just smart. He's also fast. A guy who's 18 feet tall has a certain leg span that John McClane is not going to have. This allows for him to keep up with you. If you try to run away from him, you never really get very far away from him, even through terrain, because of the fact that he's got long legs, long arms, he can crawl and bend his way for through vents, for example, like he does in the game, but he can get, he can get through a bunch of terrain. There's no like putting stuff between you and him. He scales it and gets through it very, very easily. And at the end of the day, as we learned by playing the game, if Huggy Wuggy grabs you, your game is over. You don't get to fight him. You are dead when Huggy Wuggy gets a hold of you. So all he's got to do is get a hold of John McClane and we done here. And that's my point. Number one. You know, this is a terrifying character. I'm not going to shy away from that fact, Ray. Uh, big, tall, you know, he's got monstrous strength. 
I don't think he's as strong as you make him out to be, though, because from what I understand, he's got those long arms and he kind of, you know, he, he's strong. Don't get me wrong. But he pulls from a distance. He uses that leverage because he's so tall. It's kind of like doing uh, that thing that you hate doing, Ray. What's that called? Yeah, exercise. So you go to the gym, right? And you do it. a cable row. And it's like the longer you are, the more you can re- you know, use your body for leverage, the more you can sometimes pull in bad form. I think that's it. I don't think he's got he's not a good bencher. Like if he had to go to the NFL combine, and he said, hey, so let's see how many times Huggy Wuggy could do 225. I bet you he couldn't even do it more than once because just how long his arms are. It's just a weird observation. Now, here's mm. the other thing, too. Uh, he's intelligent. He still falls into traps easily. I'm going to leave that alone because I'll mention that more at a later point. He's fast. But, you know, my understanding again with the game is that you can just you can actually keep your distance from him and complete the game if you just keep moving in the right direction. That's really interesting, too. Even though he's super close, you can still you don't have to be super powered, speeding up, or whatever. You, you keep your distance. You're good to go. Um, there's a lot of kind of different things about this. This character. He's great against, I guess, toy makers and scientists with no combative capability. Let's see how he does against someone who's like an ultimate badass. So for my point, number one, let's actually talk about that. The combative capabilities of John McClane. Now, let's talk about his fighting ability. In terms of how well John McClane can fight, think of him as being an excellent fighter with an ability to use his environment to his advantage. He'll, uh, we've seen him use ambushes, surprise attacks. He can weaponize almost anything he finds. That's really cool. In most of the films, by the way, you know, Ray, you mentioned that he sometimes uses a shotgun, but I think what he uses typically is that handgun, the Beretta 92F or 92FS, which is, you know, just a handgun's really good. Keep in mind, he's great at using it from a distance, up close, while running, evading opponents who are trying to kill him. He's also really accurate with it. He can shoot moving targets that are dozens of yards away. He can shoot people at distance, can shoot very accurately while he's moving, dodging opponents. Remember, this is the guy who took out people by shooting them while he was moving under a table. This guy's agile. He's a master improviser. In the Die Hard films, we see him smash a skyscraper window with a chair, bust a metal grate out of its frame with a gun, knock a man out with a rifle, repeatedly slam a door on a man to take him out, stab a wooden shard in an opponent's leg and take him down by whipping him with the chain. Uh, here's a fun one. While fighting in an airport luggage room, he weaponizes what he can find around him, which in this case was a golf club, a can of hairspray, and a bike in that order. Look, where they're fighting, there's going to be lots of loose stuff hanging around. John McClane's going to weaponize everything. That's not something Huggy Wuggy has done, as far as I can tell. Now, another fun thing, while getting wrestled to the ground by a guy, he pulls off an icicle from a nearby, I guess it's called an overhang, and stabs him in the eye with it. That is awesome. That's what we called in Canada, recess. It's a fun thing for the whole family. Let's see, he chokes people with elevator cables, because why not? He used the fire hose on the roof of the Nakatomi building in Die Hard as a kind of a bungee cord so he can jump off to avoid an explosion. And as he's going down, he shoots up a window and swings into it, get back. This is crazy what he can do. On top of all that, he's really, really intelligent, as in really smart. He can deduce things really quickly about his opponents or surroundings. Let's see, in terms of intelligence, his bio states that he has a mind like a computer and a memory like an elephant. So, in Die Hard, he makes a habit, this is really cool, while he's looting the bodies, which is kind of creepy, he's looting the bodies of the people he just killed, he memorizes their names and the items on him and kind of deduces who they are and kind of, you know, plays all that kind of subterfuge with Hans Gruber and and the whole thing. Ask yourself this, has Huggy Wuggy ever faced someone with the fighting ability, improvisational weapon skills, and overall fight IQ that John McClane has? The answer is absolutely not. That's my point number one. Very interesting. Now, I've got some counters to some of this, but it's going to tie into my point number two. Uh, The big thing I want to talk about here is the improvised weapons. I don't think improvised weapons against Huggy Wuggy are going to matter. I think you can grab a golf club off the wall and try to swing it at him. 
I don't see that bringing him down. I see that closing the distance between you and him, which is going to end horribly for you. The same thing with like the, the lighter and the hairspray. Ah, you might catch him off guard for a moment, but a lot of these improvised attacks and a lot of the way John McClane often prefers to fight is close, close hand to hand type of a combat. You know, how many times do we see John McClane punch, kick and grapple with people? If he gets to a point where he's punching, kicking, and grappling, even using melee weapons against Huggy Wuggy, at that point, it's too late for John McClain. Interesting. I like those points a lot. All right, Delvin, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? I think there was some very good points made. Honestly speaking, I think Ray's points were very solid, even close, including especially the thing where if John McClain, he's, he's kind of known for hand-to-hand combat. And if he gets in close to Huggy Wuggy, that might be a problem, like a huge problem, because as in the game, it's a one-shot kill thing, and that's not somewhere where John McClane needs to be at. But on the other side of that, I think would also kind of hurt your argument, James, a little bit. Ray mentioned that John McClane has a shotgun, and you kind of took that off the table like, oh, it's a more Beretta. I feel like a shotgun probably might have been more effective to kind of, if he, if he gets close that close to Huggy Wuggy, to kind of get him off of him. Deli, you know what's interesting, and, and, and this is just a fun fact for everyone. So the problem with a shotgun is that it's actually meant to be a close-in weapon, right? You want to use it close up because that's where it can do the most damage. A Beretta is something that can be used at further range, right? You can be further away. And de- in that game, from what I understand, there's sometimes distance between you and Huggy Wuggy as, he, as it is making its way to you. A shotgun mean it's, means it's already on top of you because you got to use it up close. That's kind of my explanation for that. But... Again, you're a genius. To counter that, my point is, why not both? I'm not saying he doesn't have both. <laughs> yeah, okay, there we go. That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm excited the to right see the, the right tradition time. of Delvin Cox giving points and ideas of uh, ideas to argue to James has not stopped in this battle. <laughs> All you got to do is be nice people, Ray. All you got to do is be nice. Speaking of nice, let's hear nope, a nice. No, nope, yeah. I said he, he won point number one. That's true. <laughs> Did you feel a little sick on the inside, on the yeah. insidey places? No, nah, now I feel worse. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry about that. You'll feel better. Trust me. All right, Race Canis, here's your point number two. Point number two for Huggy Wuggy. Let's talk a little bit about his durability and the fact that unlike John McClane, kinda, Huggy Wuggy is a savage killer. Look, John McClane takes a lot of lives. We've seen this over, what is it, five, six, nine hundred diehard movies that have come out. John McClane kills a lot of people, and he often does it with no remorse whatsoever. But Huggy Wuggy does it on an animalistic level. You know, John McClane is, is, is just trying to get out of the battle, but Huggy Wuggy's trying to initiate the battle and end the battle and then find the next battle. That's who Huggy Wuggy is. Now, in the game Poppy Playtime, the player, as sort of the, the puzzle aspect of the game, is equipped with this harness that has these two blue and red hands on them. And you're given warnings in the game that when you extend out the hands, what they do is they extend out and they have a very, very powerful strength. You know, think of it like a crane or some sort of mechanical Dr. Octopus type of of device, right? And it's shown you have to be careful. These are meant to be used in the factory for like warehouse purposes, because if if you hit somebody with it, you can knock their head clean off in one shot. While playing Poppy Playtime, there's a certain scene where Huggy Wuggy shows up. And he comes after you in a very large room. My initial response was to try to use the hand things, which can knock people's heads off, right? That's the warning. And hit Huggy Wuggy in the face with it repeatedly. He did nothing. 
He did nothing when I hit him with this particular device. He walked up and he murdered me straight out in the game. And I realized maybe a direct one-on-one confrontation with Huggy was not a good idea. And I figured out another way to escape, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, he's a little bit durable. He's an 18-foot-tall monster. Uh, and, and, and that's just it. There's another character in part two called Mommy Longlegs, who's similar to Huggy Wuggy uh, in, in many different ways. But you use one of those hand toys that, again, can knock, you know, knock off a head. She grabs it out of midair and rips it off of the harness. There's a certain assumption that if she could do it, Huggy's probably about the same strength. Huggy could do it as well. So that just comes back to the strength factor, what they can do with it. Now, many versions of Huggy Wuggy even appear in part two who can also one-shot the player. So let's just get it, get it real. If Huggy gets within a, a close combat range, the fight is over and he wins. And close combat range is longer than you think because he has very long arms, of course, that give him extra range that John McClane just doesn't have. He doesn't hesitate to kill. You cannot reason with Huggy Wuggy. You cannot throw like a a, a hilarious asides to Huggy Wuggy and distract him. He's coming at you and he will murder you. That's what Huggy Wuggy does. In fact, it was his rampage killing a whole bunch of factory people that caused the factory to close in the first place. Look, John McClane is a great character. I enjoy the diehard movie, singular. And my point that makes that movie so great is that what's, what works for John McClane is he's always in the way of Hans Gruber getting what he wants. He's always got that one item that Hans Gruber needs. He's always on that one area that Hans Gruber needs access to. And he's always one step ahead of Hans Gruber in his own plan the entire time. That's what works for him, right? Is to be that, is to be that tick on the bottom of the boat that you just can't, you got to burn it away. Because it's just there and it's annoying you and it's sucking the blood out of your boat. I think I've lost the message on that particular analogy. My point I'm trying to make is, (laughs) is that he needs to be one step ahead. I'm not sure given a neutral location in a, in a, in an even battlefield that he's ever going to have that element over huggy wuggy in a battle. He's going to be on his back foot the whole time. And that is not where John McClane is his strongest. And that's my point. Number two. Now, this is interesting as well. Now, here's the thing about John McClane. He's typically caught by surprise in the circumstances he's in. So being like all of a sudden, I had no idea 10 seconds ago I was going to be in the situation to now I got to fight like crazy to deal with the situation. That's something he does seemingly on a daily basis in the Die Hard franchise. Now, let me push back on a couple of things. Of course, Huggy Wuggy is animalistic. I get it. And very dangerous. But John McClane, I, I call him more savage slash sinister than animalistic. Remember, this is someone who took an icicle and stabbed Stabby McSaberson, someone in the eye. Uh, yeah. I wanted to bring up a quote from us, your favorite Stefan Thomas there, uh, Ray Sikanis. That's not. It, it's a thing. On top of that, number two, John McClane's going to see Huggy Wuggy. And I'm pretty sure he's going to figure out like, huh, big, huge, 18 foot tall monster coming after me. Time to get out of here. Time to make a plan. And what's really cool is his whole plan on escaping is going to be involving Killing Huggy Wuggy because that's what he has to do to escape. That's awesome. And finally, listen, John McClane, after five films or whatever it is, 18,000 films, he hasn't died. You can kill Huggy Wuggy. In fact, that's the thing in the game. I even saw another video where he died in a really funny way. I'll bring this up again versus someone who hasn't died in crazy circumstances over decades in more, even more insane films. So. To just put this all together, let me talk about my point number two, 
where we're going to kind of address John McClane's physicality. Look, is John McClane superhuman? No, I will say that right now. He is not a superhuman person, but can he accomplish superhuman feats? Yes, he can. Now, let me explain. Now, let's talk about his kind of innate strength and what he's capable of doing. In the Die Hard franchise, some of his strength feats are pretty cool, and they include, like, I remember one time he pushed over a tower of scaffolding, which is super heavy. He pushed a heavy metal grate off of himself when he found himself underneath it. Using only one arm, he threw a man out of a truck. That's fun to do. He broke some wood planks with a stomp just by stomping on it. That's crazy. Uh, he was inside a ship's cargo hold. He stomps on a clamp lock to break it and then throws himself into a shipping container hard enough to send it sliding into a man, crushing him against a wall. This is a sinister, horrible human being that Huggy Wuggy is just not used to fighting. Let me keep going. He punched through a wall to hit a guy on the other side of the wall, and then Batman-style pulls that guy's head forward to break more of the wall because he really hates walls. And then he knocked out a guy with one punch. You know how strong you got to be to knock out someone with one shot? That's like James Gabsy level strength. You don't see that every day, Ray Sicanus. Let's talk about how durable he is, because this is also really crazy. Again, remember, this whole franchise is called Die Hard. It should be called Die Never, because why? He's durable. Look, he recovered after getting smashed into a wall hard enough to break them and then tumbled down a metal staircase, gets up, dusts himself off. He's good to go. At one point, John McClane is trapped around broken glass and gets blinded with a flashbang. You remember the scene? He was barefoot, had to crawl his way out, getting glass stuck in his feet. And after spending some time cleaning up that mess and his wounds on his feet and then tying up his feet, he's able to keep moving and even get into like a really big fight afterwards. This is someone who's durable, who's up for the fight. He's game to fight. Uh, let's see. Here's a fun one. He gets shot in the back and not only stays standing, but he keeps moving to kind of continue doing what he's got to do. He gets kicked by a man, has his head slammed into a bar, uh, tumbles from one catwalk to another. That's actually an important thing. He gets tackled to the ground, slammed against a car, thrown into a wall, wrestled down during fight, and stay able to recover and keep going. Gets caught in a large explosion that derails a train, a freaking train, and that causes a ton of destruction. Evidently, John McClane is just fine because after the explosion, he just basically, you know, kind of gets up and walks off. That's crazy. He gets in a car crash, insane car crashes, gets up. He's kind of okay. Maybe a little bit of a limp, not much. He recovers after falling from up high onto a shipping container. Now, I'm really emphasizing how he can take high falls and land on stuff really, really hard, like metal stuff really hard, because that seems to be Huggy Wuggy's main weakness that I discovered. More of that in point number three. Let's talk about his agility. As John McClane falls down a shaft, he managed to catch onto a vent. As he's falling, catch on a vent and climb inside. That's crazy. When a plane that was landing was about to run him over, he was agile and fast enough to crawl out from under a grate in time not to get run over by it. Planes move pretty fast. He managed to get inside a seat, strap himself in, and pull the escape release before a bunch of grenades go off. I guess that's a car he was in. And after getting kicked out of a car, hanging upside down in an elevator shaft, I'm not sure what car is upside near an elevator shaft, he's hanging upside down. He managed to catch onto the door as he's falling all the way down from the car, from the elevator shaft. He's falling down upside down, catches onto another door to grab onto it to save himself. This guy's pulling off Batman-like escape artistry like it's no one's business. Look, after five films, that's what it is, by the way. I just did some research. It's five films. After five films of taking some insane punishment, the supposed, I don't know what the right term is, mere mortal, I guess, known as John McClane, he does actually demonstrate pretty clearly that he has one superpower. And it's a superpower that's going to prove to be the undoing of Huggy Wuggy. That superpower is ultimate survivability. All of that is my point number two. Very interesting. I, I do appreciate, James, that you opened that whole point with, He's not a superhero and ended it with, he's basically a superhero. 
Who taught you how to argue like that? Absolutely outrageous. Now, you mentioned Huggy Wuggy. Yes, at the end of Chapter 1 of Poppy Playtime, spoiler alert, uh, the player does defeat Huggy by knocking him uh, into a, uh, he drops a giant crate on his head, knocks him down a very, very long, like, not an elevator shaft, but a very, very deep hole, well. You remember the Death Star scene where you can, like, fall really, really far in a circular thing that makes no sense why it's there? That also exists in the Toy Factory, and that's when Huggy Wuggy <laughs> falls down. Now, in part two, I will say, you do find the spot where he allegedly may have landed, and you find some blood, you find some blue fur, and you find an open grate where it's, it, it's not for sure, but it's alleged that Huggy probably didn't die, and he didn't get escape for a, for a chance to try to come back later in the series. I sure hope he does, because he's very iconic. And you talked about John McClane. He could KO people with one shot. Wow. That's impressive. Huggy Wuggy murders in one shot every single time. Not quite the same level. All good points. All this, I think, is going to come to an interesting head in our points number three. Uh, and what's really cool is we find ourselves again at the turning point where after hearing two points from both Ray and myself, Delvin, the most handsome and intelligent man on the internet, tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Delvin has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we have a very special patron, and he's one of our longtime uh, members on uh, uh, on the social media. Comments, very active, involved in the show, and in my mind it was only a matter of time until he joined the Patreon and got access to all the extra stuff. Welcome, Devin Woody. You are our patron of the week. You know what? With a you know, with someone like Devin Woody, you need to kind of put them up against someone really, really cool. I have no choice but to put them up against Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Now, this is crazy because the thing that you don't know about Devin Woody is that he is a force user. Not know. everybody knows that. about. Yeah, it, it should have been obvious if you think about it in hindsight. But So Darth Maul's going to get up there. And you know the way Jedi's fight. He's going to start trying to throw boxes and rocks and all kinds of things from the ceiling. And he's going to try to hit Devin Woody, who's just going to throw up a force shield. And he's just going to knock them all away with the power of the force. And then Darth Maul is going to hold out that lightsaber. And then the one part is going to zoom, is going to come out. And you know that second part's about to come out. But Devin Woody calls for force speed. He runs forward before that second piece can come. And then stabs Darth Maul through with a lightsaber of his own. Darth Maul being a little too uh, flamboyant, quite honestly. He's being a little too uh, uh, silly on the battlefield. Uh, brandishing his lightsaber in that way. And that's what costs him. He should have had both parts come out at the same time. He didn't. Devin Woody gets in with the kill shot. Darth Maul playing too many games. I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. You know, uh, Darth Maul is known to be a showboat, right? It is a couple of he seconds is. where the other side of his uh, staff or lightsaber staff kind of emerges. And uh, Devon Woody using a super speed would absolutely have the intelligence and the strategy in mind at that moment to take full advantage of that little lapse uh, caused by that uh, showboating. All right, well done, Devin Woody. Congratulations. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Delvin, back to the turning point. You've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? I'm still kind of going to go leaning towards Huggy Wuggy. I, I, I think, one for one, Huggy Wuggy, Savage killer, I understand that, but 
if you really look at the Die Hard series, John McClane like has killed like planets of people. He's like a a serial killer at this point. If you add all the five movies together, so I think so. If you want to combine kills to kills, I think McClane has the advantage. But on the other hand, and I think he's McClane's very durable and things like that. But the, still, after the fact, Huggy Wuggy's eighteen feet tall. Huggy Wuggy one shots people, and it, and in the game as Ray. Did so very well explaining. You don't really fight Huggy Wuggy. You you kind of run. And if you get in close, you're dead. So I need to kind of, what I need to hear is how can John McClane overcome that? Put, put Huggy Wuggy down for two minutes or even kill Huggy Wuggy because, I, I don't know, this is a difficult battle. I'm not going to lie. This is very difficult when you have a character that is, very tall, very strong, can smash through walls, can destroy, literally destroy things, and it's just a straight killer. And John McClane is a killer as well, but he's very physical, but I don't think he's as physical as Huggy Wuggy is. So that's where I'm at right now. Mm, I like it. I like it. This is why I like having Delvin Cox on the show, because you, you kind of brought up a great point of, despite the fact, the way I, I kind of interpreted what you said, Delvin, because I'm not as smart as you are, I've got to slow things down a lot and kind of you know figure it out Canadian style, is that you said it's pretty much powerful beast who with a great who can kill very easily versus a really tough human being yes who uses tools and surroundings to kill a lot but kills other human beings yes so what happens when they're trying to kill each other when the human beings got to kill the giant beast who can kill human beings very easily that's an interesting challenge on my part luckily i'm up for it all right race to canis we're at point number three you've got the lead let's see if you can keep it Hit us with what you're going to say in your point number three. I know better than to trust Delvin Cox. He says I'm ahead right now, but I know that it means absolutely nothing. So my point number three, we're going to talk about some of the tactics. John McClane is going to have to win with some sort of weird tactics. And I'm sure James, who's watched every single movie, is going to be able to uh, pull down and think of very specific examples. And that's why I have to like be very, very careful with my point number three. Now, okay. Huggy Wuggy also uses tactics. You might be tricked into thinking he's an 18-foot monster who just walks straight at you and then tears you apart. It's not exactly that simple because he does uh, derive from a human brain. So there are human tactics in place here. At the very beginning of the game, and Delvin, I know you know about this, Huggy Wuggy disguises himself as a statue in the center of the room when the player character first walks in there. And you don't think that's the real Huggy Wuggy. He's holding perfectly still despite being alive to the point where you can't see him breathe. You can't see him move. He doesn't blink. And he mimics a statue, right? And you have to take a key away from him. And then as soon as you turn your back, he's gone and rumbling down the hallway. And it's a very terrifying moment in the game. And it's probably the moment that I assume that Delvin yipped right out of and said, I'm out. Thank you, everybody. Because uh, I know I was ready to. I had to take a 20-minute break, and that's only about five minutes into the game. Listen, these things happen. My point is, he can also bend and manipulate his body to fit into very tight spaces, which goes to my point earlier. John McClane's best ideas are probably going to be try to put things between him and me, right? And then shoot at him, because that's probably how I would do it. The problem is, you can't just put like little tight spaces and doorways and stuff between, because he can get down very, very low as is evidenced in the fact that he chases you through a vent, John McClane, 
one of your favorite places to be, and he can bend and twist his body so he becomes much, much smaller to fit into tight areas. So I think it's going to be very, very hard for John McClane to do the things that he wants to do, especially because he doesn't know this character. He doesn't know that he can get small like that. He might think he can go through a small doorway and be good. That's not the case. And we talked about air vents. James, you brought it up. He fell through the elevator shaft, grabbed the thing, pulled himself up. Where did he go? An air vent. Where did he go in all of Die Hard? They spent half that movie in the air ducts, right? That's the last place you want to be when facing Huggy Wuggy, because aforementioned, he can get himself small. And John McClane's go-to is in the air vents all the time. I could see him trying to escape Huggy Wuggy by going into the air vents, and I can also see that not working out at all because that's where Huggy's at his strongest. And let's face it, he w- Huggy was only defeated that one time by a player who he jumped down off of an air vent who was trying to get away, much like John, McC- uh, John McClane did. And the player pulled a huge crate, dropped it on his head, knocked him over a railing, down the shaft he went. Still survived it, okay? But the big thing I want to finish on here is that Huggy Wuggy is a master of stealth, okay? He moves completely silently when he needs to, which means that he hides in shadows. He can hold himself perfectly still. He can hide in plain sight like he did as being a statue. John McClane isn't ready for that kind of a killer who's that big, that strong, that powerful and has a mastery of stealth about him and can get up very, very close without John McClane even noticing and rip his gosh darned poor little head off. Sorry, John. Your day's over. And that's my point number three. Okay, I like that. You're kind of leaning into more of the big, strong, fast creature who likes to kill, who can go and manipulate its size in the air vents. Got it. Again, this is a crazy, fun, scary monster that John McClane is going to quickly figure out. Look, let me push back on a couple of things. First of all, Ray, how dare you make fun of air ducts in Los Angeles skyscrapers? They are beautiful. They are awesome. They are fantastic. You and I have both lived separately in air ducts for a few months at a time. It was great. That's all I'm going to say. Number two. Tough city. Yeah, it is. Number two, uh, Huggy Wuggy makes a lot of noise when it is trying to move through air vents. Why? Because if there's something that way, if you close the door, what's it doing in the door? It's trying to remove the door. So the stealth kind of gets negated that way. But what's really interesting is, you know, who's really stealthy and doesn't make noise because he doesn't have to rip doors off stuff and what have you like, oh, well, you can. It's John McClane. There's a very good chance that John McClane will actually out stealth Huggy Wuggy because, again, he's super smart. And that's something he does. Now, all of this is great, but I got to bring up something kind of interesting. So let me get to my point number three right now, where we're going to talk about Huggy Wuggy's weaknesses. Now, listen. This is what I do. I'm a combat sports guy. Whenever I rep a fighter or, you know, corner a fighter, I've got to go over what their opponent's weaknesses are and try to find something. And I think I found it. It's going to be really cool. So one of the weaknesses is that Huggy Wuggy, based off the damage it took when it fell off that scene, Ray, that you were talking about, when it fell off that kind of uh, bridge or whatever that was, metal gate and fell down, kept hitting pipes on the way down. And every time it hit a pipe, it'd leave a big you know splatter of blood or whatever the inside liquid place was all the way down, it revealed that Huggy Wuggy is actually not as durable as a bear. Don't ask me how I know this or even why I know this, but a bear is going to be able to take that fall way better than Huggy Wuggy could. On top of that, Ray, you said it yourself, when Huggy Wuggy, when you follow all that blood splatter all the way down, Huggy Wuggy, I do think, escaped and crawled out, but it disappeared for way more than the two minutes necessary for John McClane to win this Who Would Win match. Now, here's the deal. 
Huggy Wuggy is maybe a little bit more intelligent than a bear, but it is definitely not more powerful. It's definitely not faster. It's definitely not more durable. Might have more teeth, but a bear is going to rip. I put a bear, a big bear up against Huggy Wuggy anytime. Now, why is this important? Because here's the deal. Delvin, you said it before. He's got that Beretta. He's got that shotgun. My feeling is, and I'd bet a million dollars on this, if Huggy Wuggy's going to blood splatter his way down whenever he hits a metal pipe or what have you, then guess what's going to happen when he or it gets shot? And that's something, I hate to say it, sorry kids at home, that John McClane is a master of doing. He's very, very good. He's a great marksperson. person. His accuracy is off the charts. So all of a sudden he sees Huggy Wuggy and he's going to unload that Beretta and that shotgun into Huggy Wuggy. Now remember, John McClane is also nasty. Again, icicle to the eyeball of an opponent. So where is he shooting? He's not just shooting the thing in the face in center mass. He's actually shooting the legs. He's shooting the feet, the claws, the hands. Those are absolutely going to get blown apart or at least rendered inoperative because that's what happens when you get shot in the hand. Fun story later. Anyway, as this is all happening and he's got his guns, John McClane's also assessing his environment. And this is really cool because all of a sudden he's going to realize, God, he's coming after me in the air vents. He's small all of a sudden where he can manipulate his size and bend himself. So he's coming at me and he's still moving fast. This isn't good. Guess who's really great at moving through air vents in crazy areas of a building? That's John McClane. That was what he was born to do, at least according to the Die Hard franchise. He's going to be going through the, the air vents. He's going to go into bigger spaces. As he's being chased, as he's shooting, all of a sudden he'll be making traps, luring Huggy Wuggy into stuff as he's taking more and more damage. If Huggy Wuggy does get his hands on John McClane, John McClane is going to use a tactic that he did in one of the, the uh, Die Hard movies. I believe it was Live Free or Die Hard. And the main opponent or main villain was someone named Thomas Gabriel. Really cool uh, uh, villain. So what happened at the end is John McClane's all wrecked, all beaten up from all the things he had to do. And John McClane or Thomas Gabriel grabs him from behind. So what did John McClane do? He shoots Gabriel by putting the gun at himself, shooting through him through a not a vital area to take out Thomas Gabriel. That's how crazy, that's how motivated, that's how insane John McClane is to get the win. See, at the end, we don't know what Huggy Wuggy is going to do if Huggy Wuggy and when Huggy Wuggy starts getting hurt, especially shot, especially with stuff dropping on it, especially all of a sudden not knowing how it's being attacked. And then all of a sudden, John McClane's like, I'm taking this thing out. And if I get grabbed, I'll shoot through myself to take out that Huggy Wuggy creature. What's Huggy Wuggy going to do? Huggy Wuggy is going to run for its life. Huggy Wuggy is going to fall down and maybe not come back up for at least two minutes, or Huggy Wuggy is getting killed because everything I just described would take out a more powerful bear. And I just told you, a bear, a really big bear, is more powerful and more durable than Huggy Wuggy. That's why Huggy Wuggy loses. That's why John McClane wins. That's my point number three. I was really expecting the way you argue, James, for you to bring out that argument in point number one and build off of it. I'm very surprised you sandbagged it till the end, but that is that is a concern. You know, he's got guns. and. I would only argue that the that 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 hand thing, uh, which can literally a gun can't necessarily knock a person's head clean off with a hit, but uh, those hands can, and Huggy can take those. So who's to say that it, it, how many bullets will it take to drop Huggy Wuggy ultimately? And can Huggy Wuggy close the distance and take out John McClane before that number of bullets has been fired? I would argue that the answer to that question is yes. But the biggest mystery of the diehard movie that has nothing to do with this battle, but I wanted to ask today, what office Christmas party is held on Christmas Eve? What <laughs> company does that to its employees 
of everything that happened in the movie Die Hard, that is the least plausible. Now, how it's actually going to go in this battle is the two are going to meet. Uh, John McClane's obviously going to try to get away. He's going to stick and move and stick and move. He's going to have access to guns. I think he might even get a shot or two off at Huggy Wuggy. When that first bullet gets hit, Huggy's either going to have no damage whatsoever, close the gap and kill him, or maybe the bullet does hurt Huggy Wuggy, puts him into some sort of a survival mode, at which point Huggy's not going to want to get shot anymore. Huggy's going to disappear, go into stealth mode, sneak his way up to John McClane and tear him in half that way because he does not want to get shot again. I just don't see John McClane getting off enough shots to bring down Huggy before Huggy could ultimately close the distance and finish the deal. You know what I got to say is that based how you argued, how you argued Ray today and, and some of the arguments I brought up, I want to see this as an animated feature. I want John McClane. Oh, it would be incredible. Th this is something that would make um, dozens of dollars worldwide. I don't care. I just think we need to see this. This needs to be a thing. If anyone listening at home can make that happen. Um, I've got a shiny nickel. It's yours. All right, Delvin, you've heard argument, three arguments from race against. You've heard three arguments from me. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal to the legion of audience, our faithful fan base, who you think wins this battle between John McClane and Huggy Wuggy. Okay. I've heard some great arguments today for both characters. I will first and foremost, it was, it was tough to kind of come up with a final decision for this, but I think I got it with this one because of, what Ray said and what James said in their points number three kind of kind of gave, led me to this conclusion. I think, do I think the, the whole gun thing, do I think bullets will hurt Huggy Wuggy? Yes. I think bullets will be very effective. I don't know if a Beretta is a strong enough caliber gun to take out Huggy Wuggy because of his size. I think the shotgun probably would or at least incapacitate him to two minutes. But the thing about it is, and this is something that James brought up in his point, if John McClane does that trick where he gets in close, shoots himself to kill Huggy Wuggy, I don't think it'll kill Huggy Wuggy. I think that it would hurt Huggy Wuggy, hurt John McClane even more, and Huggy Wuggy would just rip his head off and kill him. So with that being said, I think the winner is Huggy Wuggy. Wow. There you go. You know what? Um, I, I, he, here's the thing. I'm actually relieved that this decision makes sense. I love it. And you know what's really cool is that you, you actually allowed for John McClane to get some damage in there, which I totally think would happen. And yeah. the, what's, what's really ambiguous is what would a gunshot do, even a shotgun, what would that do to an 18-foot-tall, very heavy monster? And the answer is you don't know. And when you don't know... The problem is you got to kind of go with a more clear assumption, which is it's already a maniacal, evil being who's very intent on ripping and very motivated on killing you. It definitely could. I can see your logic. I could see Huggy Wuggy taking damage and saying, screw it. I'm now going to be doubly motivated because I'm not just a savage animal. I'm also evil. And what does evil do? Doesn't stop anything to, to get their objectives. Yeah. I can live with this decision, Delvin Cox. Well done. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, I watch a lot of horror movies in October, you know. And the thing about horror movies is the bad guy's whole option is to kill the protagonist. And, and the same thing with this game. Huggy Wuggy's whole goal, no matter what happens, is to kill the protagonist. The protagonist's goal is to survive. So I can see, I can see a scenario where John McClane even gets out of there and leaves. 
because he doesn't have enough ammo, he doesn't have enough resources to kill Huggy Wuggy. But if he leaves, he still loses. So it, it, was, it, was, it was a hard decision, but I think, I think it's the right one. Ray Stacanis, this is the genius of Delvin Cox speaking right now. He's uh, throwing up in his mouth, I can tell, uh, with this decision. But regardless, I, I actually think it's the right call. Tell the Legion of Audience, Ray, how you feel right now. I mean, obviously, I deserve this. This is interesting. Apparently, if I get Delvin Cox in Shocktober, it's the only time I can get a fair decision <laughs> out of him going back to last year doing this year. So Delvin, we'll see you next October uh, and hopefully not a single time before then. What's really interesting about this battle is as we were arguing it, I felt confident. I felt good about Huggy Wuggy. Uh, I've been prepping for this battle to use Huggy for a long time because I've been suggesting him for a long time. So I've been researching him for a long time. Okay, a year. He's only been out for like a year. The point <laughs> is, is that I've been ready to do this battle. And as we were arguing it, I thought to myself, I think personally, and maybe this is my hubris talking. I think I can rep John McClain to a victory over James Gavsey repping Huggy Wuggy. I don't want to say Please. it's a thing we're, we have Please. to do, going to do, but perhaps the board should take a look at next Shocktober 2023, right? In season five of the show, when there's going to be even more poppy playtime out there for research purposes, I would like to revisit this battle. Because I think I could pull a win with John McClain using arguments that James didn't do. Right. Not only are you uh, horribly incorrect, like that one time you went shopping, got some clothes and thought you looked fantastic and you just didn't. Here's the real thing. No, I wouldn't even need three points. I'd need one to rip Huggy Wuggy because when I was prepping for this, what I like to do just to kind of reveal the Legion of Audience, I want to kind of figure out the mind of Ray. It's a horrible place to be. I have massive headaches, bleeding noses after, but I do it for the show. And as I was going through this, I actually came up with a ton of ways Huggy Wuggy could win. And luckily, you didn't touch on any of them. It would take me one point to absolutely dismantle John McClane in a who would win match. You know who I actually want to see Huggy Wuggy go against? I would like to see Huggy Wuggy against Dutch from uh, Predator. That's interesting. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting ma matchup. Definitely. Here's the thing. I don't know. Huggy Wuggy would give Dutch the opportunity. Remember in the Predator movie, Dutch had time, right? To kind of yeah. figure out how to make this big Good trap, point. right? The whole thing. I don't think Huggy Wuggy would give Dutch that kind of time. But I think Dutch has more firepower than John McClain does coming into a battle. Fair point. And that's what I think. If you started with all the firepower, yes, I can see what you're saying. But again, the whole thing is we don't know if bullets are going to work. We don't know or be effective. That's why I only need one point. Here's the deal. Board, if you're listening, let's book it for next year. I get John McClain. James gets Huggy Wuggy with only one point, but I get to make three points. I like where this is going <laughs> even further. I'll tell you what, Ray. We do this fight. I'll say yes to this fight on one condition. We revisit. You know which matchup I'm talking about. Muppets versus Sesame Street, where I have Sesame Street James, and Tony Soprano, what? the Muppets, once and for all. What more needs to be said? People at home, <laughs> you uh, hashtag Rainiacs, hashtag Awkward Allies. We've done, James has been in my ear about this, and I want to take this opportunity and put it out there, whether it's for a Patreon video only or for the actual show itself. James believes that even though he's repped Muppets and Sesame Street and lost both times in both battles, he still thinks there's more to be said about it. James, when you lose a third time, you have to quit the show. That's how it works. I've won with both sides. 
what arguments are still left on the table? You had two chances on both sides and you came up short twice. What more needs to be said? That is a battle that I believe is deader than that dead horse you would wish to continue to beat. Here's the deal, Ray. I questioned the judges we had for those two episodes. Mm, I see. I'm saying it. I liked them. I'm questioning though. I see. Let's do that episode with Delvin Cox. I'm down. Let's see what happens then. Let's see what happens then when we have someone who uses logic, intelligence, and doesn't say, well, this side wouldn't fight, or, yeah, I do believe Elmo would be a suicide bomber. No, he would not. No, he would not race to Canis. Great arguments. These are great arguments, one and all. The problem is that Delvin Cox is only coming back in Shocktober, <laughs> and that's not a very good Shocktober battle. All I hear is race to Canis is afraid to have Delvin Cox back on the Who Would Win show. I'm not. I think he's I'm a I'm always delight. afraid to have Delvin Cox back on the show. This is not unknown. Uh, all right, guys, let's move on. Look, this was another fun fight. Delvin, you are awesome. I loved having you on the show. Thank you for course correcting the show, coming up with logic, using your intelligence, and coming up with a loss for me that I'm actually okay with. With all that being said, please tell everyone, our faithful fan base, where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox and check out the Delvin Cox experience and the PlayStation experience anywhere you get podcasts. Love it. All right, Ray Sicanis, congratulations on a well-fought win. I deserve it. Uh, I can't believe I can't believe I'm about to say this, but my life has been enriched with the knowledge of uh, Huggy Wuggy. Um, that's that's crazy. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, first off, let me just say there are a few truths in life. You know, it's been said. What's the true thing about life? Death, taxes, another diehard movie is going to come out, and also when Ray reps a video game character on the Who Would Win show. You can mark him down for victory, barring any kind of judge shenaniganry. And I was concerned with Delvin Cox as the judge this week that we were going to see it, but logic, logic won out at the end of the day. Not always true for Delvin Cox, but it is true today. Delvin, we will see you next October. Now, I want to talk about myself a little bit more because I'm great. James, you might have allegedly, in quotation marks, won showdown September of this season, season four of the Who Would Win show, but I am absolutely making up for a loss, in quotation marks, in Shocktober in season three to you. I am now 2-0 and in Shocktober on a way, traveling all the way down to winning four in a row, taking Shocktober 4-0, bringing a character of my choice. Captain Carrot, Sid 6.7, somebody good is going to be coming on the show. And James, quite frankly, quite honestly, quite optimistically, there's nothing that you can possibly do to stop me because I'm on a roll. And that train is going right to Huggy Wuggy Town. Toot toot. Let's get going. Hashtag Ray is right. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I regret my decision. Thank you. Uh, by the way, by the way, that is the most often said thing on the show. Like, not even my intro, not race. That right there, I regret my decision. That, oh, wow. If I had a dollar for every time, I'd have, I think, $400. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race to Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. 
Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, "Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win." On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say, breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com/hoodwinshow right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.